This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. The sermon for the 16th Sunday in Trinity is according to St. Luke's Gospel. You're invited to be seated. I would say it might have been a difficult task to convince the widow of Nain that that was the day the Lord has made. Not only was she a widow, but now she grieves the death of her only son, the one who would be charged in vocation to care for her, the one who would be charged to to show her the respect, the fourth commandment, and also she is his mother, and this is the only son she has, and he's dead. So something terrible happened on this day the Lord has made. Something heart-wrenching has happened on this day the Lord has made. Something very sad. As Jesus approached the town of Nain, he witnessed a sight not unheard of in a fallen and broken world. He saw a procession of people. A large group of people were carrying two burdens today. The first and most visible was the lifeless body of a man, a man who had died. His body respectfully placed on a plank in the highest respect was being carried to his final resting place. These people were not only carrying the body of just some man They were carrying a member of their community. He was a part of the day-to-day life of the community. He mattered. He counted. He was a piece of their lives, and now that piece was missing. It is noticeably missing in society and in their hearts. Because you see... His mother was there, too. She is shouldering the burden of the loss of this man as well. But neither she nor any mother looks at her son, her only son, lying on a funeral slab and sees just a man, does she? Just some guy from our community. She sees a baby that she carried Birthed, fed, changed, hugged, kissed, loved. She watched him grow into a wobbly toddler who nursed every bump and scrape as he learned to walk and go out on his own. She regularly made all owies better with a kiss and a hug. Everything was going to be okay. But that was then. Today, no amounts of kisses, hugs, loves would make this go away. It wasn't going to be okay. He was dead. And so the community shouldered the weight of the sun together 
and together they would shoulder the grief by this mutual consolation of one another. They were suffering, but remember, this is the day the Lord had made, and they would not suffer alone. Jesus was coming. You see, he saw what was going on before the foundations of the earth. He knew them. Upon looking at this site, the Bible says, es plonxinethse, which is a really fun word to say, ex plonxinethse, which regularly translated was he felt compassion on them. But you really have to be more descriptive when you're reading the Greek language, otherwise why take those classes? Really, esplonxiniste is rooted in the word splankna. And you're like, so? Well, that means gut, meaning stomach. It points towards a suffering best described as a gut-wrenching, gut-kick, gut-punch. It was then Jesus did the unthinkable. He looked upon this procession of misery and grief and said, do not weep. The audacity to speak contrary to this death event. But Jesus decided he would not attend a funeral today. Today, the great physician decided he would attend the rebirth of the widow's son. So he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And death, no longer having any dominion over this man, was banished. And he arose and he spoke. Once again, this boy would be handed over to his mother, alive. This new life brought great rejoicing over the works of God that he had done to take the dead and make them alive again. Once again, this boy is handed over to his mother. Over the centuries, since this happened, there have been two main interpretations of this. And all, over the, and all over the passages where Jesus performs a miracle. The first is really the saddest and not all that uncommon even in Jesus' day. When Jesus performed a miracle, people would marvel they would give thanks to God. There would be great rejoicing. And then eventually it would happen. Do it again. Much like a child seeing something remarkable for the first time. Do it again. Again. They'll shout. Of course, in these instances, we have people who want Jesus to perhaps raise their lost loved one or undo some other atrocity resulting from being in a fallen and broken world where horrible stuff happens every day the Lord has made. 
For centuries, people have tried to find Jesus by saying, do it again, do it again, except in their own lives. Charlatans that we see on television, charlatans still preach that the sign of Jesus in your life is only when something material, something emotional, something happens to you that goes outside even the witness of Scripture. And some will pretend to cure people of every physical illness simply by slapping them with his coat and always telling you that your best life is going to be now. And yet none of them are ever in the burn ward at the children's hospital. None of them are ever in the cancer ward, slapping people with their coats. None of them are where Jesus would be found among the sinners and the thieves and the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And whenever I've said this, there's always somebody who will say, you're being harsh. (laughs) Well, you just didn't just meet me. I like what those guys say. It's really uplifting and positive. To those people, I say, when I think of that woman and the entire community in a funeral march filled with grief, filled with loss, surrounded by death, people who don't need to be told that how bad things are, the sign of Jesus isn't in your life. That is not the Christian message. The widow doesn't need an uplifting catchphrase. The community carrying the body of one of its members doesn't need a lecture on positive thinking. They need Jesus. They need the peace of God which passes all understanding. That doesn't come from positive thinking. It comes from Jesus making a promise to you first in the waters of holy baptism. A promise so good your heart can't help but believe. A promise of his word in the washing of regeneration. Not to say that you won't ever get sick. Not to say that you won't ever be feeling sad. Not to say that you won't ever be worried. Not to say that you won't ever die. But to say that by His Word, by His works, by the Holy Spirit, none of these happen to you alone apart from the Holy Spirit who has given you faith and hope and trust. That's the difference. So, with that being said, comes from the second type of reading of today's text. The one that says Jesus came preaching the coming kingdom of God. He came bearing an eternal promise. Along the way, he gave us a foretaste of the feast to come in the form of healings and the resurrection and feeding people, thousands of people. 
Even when people asked Jesus if he was the one to come or should we seek another, he simply replied, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. See why we're not looking for parlor tricks? You see why we're not looking for anything other than the very word of God making you a promise despite how you're feeling about it today or tomorrow or late at night? That's the wonderful point. Yes, the signs are there, but ultimately the poor are hearing the gospel. And the ones who are blessed has nothing to do with their wealth or their physical abilities. In the end, the one who is not offended, the one who has faith, is the one who has this blessing. Rather than try to manipulate the twisted heart of grief with placations about a God who caused that death because he had some weird plan for your life, we say, no, death is not God's plan for your life, for the wages of sin is? Okay, so we're on the same page. Life is the plan for your life. The only plans for death were Christ dying on the cross and the death of your old Adam in baptism. The last thing to die will be death. Each was a gift from Christ and a promise of hope and faith and life. Even greater than raising one widow's son who would again die. Jesus has promised you life everlasting. The Holy Spirit even continues to call, gather, and enlighten you with the true body and blood, his very body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, real things. You are the community of Christ, the community of faith, a place where regardless of how your day is going, we say, this is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.